Listening to the most You're listening to the most authentic place in sports. It's the Sports Headline Show. Here are your hosts, Sean Davis and Warner Sanker. Welcome back in in studio here to the Sports Headline Show. We are bringing you the number 22 team here on our preseason power rankings, and that is the Carolina Panthers. So we've gotten through the top 10 right here. Bottom 10? Bottom 10, my bad. Um, right here we're at the 11th worst team, I guess you could say, in the NFL. We're starting to get into this tier where these teams are going to be competitive on a week-to-week basis, and they just they're going to need some some penalties to go their way. They're going to need um, young players to produce, and and specifically with this Carolina Panthers team that falls down to Sam Darnold. Um, they bring in Sam Darnold from the Jets, of course. They bring in David Moore from Seattle, Terrace Marshall in the draft at LSU. On the defensive side of the um, on the defense side of the ball, they bring in an edge rusher Hassan Reddick, who had a pretty good year last year, 13 and a half sacks. Uh, they draft J.C. Horn and they bring in A.J. Bouye uh, from free agency out of Denver. So they're bringing in a lot of young talent here. Hassan Reddick's still a pretty young player, all in all, although he's on a second contract. Um, the draft selections of J.C. Horn, Terrace Marshall, trading for Sam Darnold. These are young guys that have a lot of upside here in the league. Um, but they lose guys like Teddy Bridgewater and, and, and Curtis Samuel. And a lot of that core that they've had over the last few seasons, staying competitive, staying in the thick of games. Um, for those who do not know, Terrace Marshall was our eighth best receiver, rece- receiving prospect. Um, seventh, my bad. I, I forgot Roman numerals, Roman numerals for a second. But uh, played a little bit of a slot last uh, role two years ago in that national championship run. Moved more to the outside. Uh, with the lack of a Jamar Chase out there um, last season. And J.C. Horn was on number two corner. So props to Carolina. They got two top ten guys at each position in our eyes, and, and I believe in most other people's eyes. And, and you know, J.C. Horn is a big physical guy, six foot two, uh, good at press, solid at man coverage, good uh, good zone instincts. And and you you like where – where you're getting these guys from because um, you've got guys that can make plays and, and are solid at, at what you ask them to do. And, and, you know, Terrace Marshall, deep, deep threat, big body on the outside, JC Horn, physical corner, going to press, going to play man coverage, uh, solid in zone again. And and these guys are going to, JC Horn is a future corner who you think like, we can just put this guy on an island and he's going to lock up either half of the field, a third of the field, or this receiver. And that's what you love to get here in, in a first round pick. Um, so I think they're satisfied with, with their draft choices, but they need to address offense. And, and at least in my eyes, because what you, what you get with um, Matt rule has been defense first here in, in his um, coaching tenure in Carolina through the draft. And when you do that, yeah, you're going to have a really good defense, but your offense is going to be lacking. And when you bring in a guy like Sam Darnold, who was a high prospect coming into the year, was all but ruined by uh, Adam Gase in New York, you've got to get him infused with talent. You've got Joe Brady as your offensive coordinator. He can work with anybody. He is a huge reason why Joe Burrow won the Heisman and went uh, number one overall and is so good right now with Cincinnati. And and you want to see that out of Sam Darnold because you have to have – a quarterback who is 
you know, going to win you games. He's not just going to keep you above water. He's not going to be a liability, but he's going to be able to uh, push the ball downfield. And if so, let your defense work. And, and if Sam Darnold can give him that, they could be a sneaky fringe wildcard team. Now they're in a tough division with New Orleans, who's never, uh, who's, who's never a pushover, despite whoever they'll be throwing out at quarterback and the, the cuts they've had to make in the offseason. You've got, of course, the defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are the solid of solid teams. Uh, and then you have the Atlanta Falcons, who, I mean, let's face it, they've got at least dynamic offensive threats in Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts. So you 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 hope if you're the Panthers that you can finish in second place ahead of New Orleans and, and ahead of uh, the Falcons. I think this is a very real possibility for these guys, depending on what kind of quarterback play the Saints get. But if you're an NFL team, you don't want to say, oh, if this goes right, if this goes right, and if this goes right, we might be a playoff team. You want to be, listen, we're going to be a playoff team. Now, whether it's the wild card or it's um, winning the division remains to be seen, but we're going to we're gonna win double-digit games. We're going to put pressure on our division rivals, and we're going to win the games that we're not necessarily supposed to win. And that starts with, in this league, the offense and your quarterback. Um Sam Darnold's gonna gonna head out this quarterback room, of course, um, working under Joe Brady. Yeah. So, really quickly, I just want to touch on something with this offense, with this off season. Carolina had a really solid draft. You know, you get J.C. Horn. My only criticism, actually, of that, but well, I have two criticisms. One of them, I think it's uh, it's not too big of a deal. Uh, the first minor criticism is, I definitely think. I definitely think that um, uh, Patrick Sertan is a better corner than J.C. Horn, but I can understand with, with how the scheme is, and he only went one pick before. I think this is fine, but the one thing I am definitely, you know, scratching my head on just a little bit here is about the draft of J.C. Horn. I mean, Granny, you kind of fixed it later with the great pick and Brady Christensen in that third round, who I think should be added to the key additions list because I really did like Brady Christian out of BYU. But um, Rashawn Slater is sitting there at eight, mm-hmm. sitting there, like looking you in the eyes at eight. And He's got a pretty deep cornerback class as it is. Yeah, you have a really deep cornerback class. And, I mean, like, if it's that deep, draft the Sotsi Samuel in the second round, right? If we didn't mock – if Cal, if we didn't like normally, we would either have even a Greg Newsom. If we're being honest, Greg, Greg Newsom is an instinctful, physical corner who's gonna just make receivers his son. Yeah, for that play. And like you know, when we know we normally draft or mock Justin Fields four to the Falcons, which means either Kyle Pitts would fall to the Panthers or Rashawn Slater would likely fall to the Panthers. I think no matter what, Rashawn Slater still fell, and that's where you get to. Okay, do we take Kyle Pitts, the guy who's gonna help? Sam Darnold, or do we take the offensive lineman there, the offensive tackle? Are we going to have that security blanket, or are we going to have, are we going to give him time to throw? And and yeah, and that was always the debate. And that was always the debate. But I mean, you get J.C. Horn, who yeah makes your cornerback room better. But like Warner just added, this is a deep, this is a very very deep um, defensive unit. I mean, and, and a very very deep secondary as well. I mean, very very deep secondary class, right? I mean, Dante Jackson, in your secondary, anyway, you draft J.C. Horn, 
and you uh sign AJ Boye. Sign AJ Boye. So I mean, I'm sorry. I would have much rather you taken a Kyle Pitts. Well, he wasn't there, but but, but, you you grab Rashawn Slater in the first. Um, Or even like really quickly, like if you look at their, I'm not going to say like their wide receivers aren't really good because they are. Or even just trade back if you want to get DJ. Trade back or honestly, get Devonta Smith. I would have, I'm saying, I think for the value of this eighth overall pick, and I'm not the biggest draft receiver in the top 10 guy, right? But I would definitely have went, you know, with, you know, one of these, Greg Newsom went to the Browns in the first round, pick 26. Um, but I would have definitely went with a, with a Rashawn Slater or, you know, one, one of these other guys. But, again, just looking back at their draft, you know, they did get J.C. Horn. Then the second round, uh, crap, I'm blanking on the guy. But they drafted in the second round. Hmm, what did they draft? They drafted, they had a later second round pick. It was weird. They drafted Dallas Terrace Marshall. Duh. 59 overall. Like, that's a solid pick in his own right. But, I mean, like, who was was after? Uh, Your center, you're fine at center. Yeah, sorry. Rip. Freaking Josh Myers, man. Like, I mean. In the second round, though? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I believe they traded up to get Terrace Marshall, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see here. But, Gosh, freaking Myers. Yeah, I'm sorry. Unreal. Yeah, yeah. Rip, Rip Warner, guys. Um, you know what? I think that was really the last straw. <laughs> that and then you. and then the Aaron Rodgers controversy. That was the last straw, and and it was. It was over for the Packers. And, I mean, if I'm being honest with you, I'm not sure I agreed with the trade back. I mean, at least for the value. I mean, Cleveland loves it. They get JOK. But if I'm if I'm the uh, Panthers, I mean, you get to pick your option between Dylan Redunds, Pat Fryermuth, uh, I mean, and then Terrace Marshall. I mean, is Terrace Marshall really going to be gone? And maybe it's just they're a guy or whatever. But, I mean, hey, so – it is what it is, and then you get a Dylan. I'm not Dylan. Do say um, Brady Christensen. Brady Christensen, and then you get Tommy Tremble in the uh, third round. Yeah, so. and and if we're being quite honest, their guard situation isn't the greatest either. They could have grabbed a the Creed Humphrey. Is bad. It's uh, really bad. Yeah, they could have grabbed a Creed Humphrey say and uh, mentored him under Matt Paradis, put him at right or left guard as well. So there's there's a lot of routes they could have gone, but. Um, breaking it down position by position, of course, at quarterback, you've got Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker behind him, and Will Greer. Oh, the GOAT, P.J. Uh, Walker. Hey, man, P- I think P.J. Walker could definitely ball out if uh, if Give if he a got chance. a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but Sam Darnold is going to rank 26th here. Um, 27. No, it's 26 because one, the one is quarterback. Oh, yeah, you're right, yeah, 26. Right, you're right. He's going to rank 26th here for this quarterback room. Um, and then, yes, you do have P.J. Walker and Will Greer. Um, Rogue, I did really, really like out of West Virginia. One just, of just an athlete, but he hasn't really uh, put together the the quarterback skills necessarily. But I do love this running back room. Yeah, and my my bad, Sam Warner just completely neglected you. Um, but you know, Sam Darnold, I, I really think you could be looking at a Ryan Tannehill situation here, where I, I would even argue his upside is possibly even higher than what Ryan Tannehill was. But what I mean by that is, you know go with the crappy situation, right? With Ryan, I mean, not Ryan, Adam Gase is your head coach, right? This is not literally just, 
I mean, Ryan Tannehill because Adam Gase was a coach. But, I mean, because they were very similar situations, right? And you go to a new situation, a new culture. Under Joe Brady, who's a better offensive mind. And then for Ryan Tannehill, Arthur Smith, and Matt LaFleur. Um, I think Matt might have been gone already when Ryan got there. But the point still stands, right? Uh, you know, just going to that new system. Sam Darnold has enough arm talent, right? You just go back in it. There's a reason why he was the Watch number. Watch his USC tape. I think two. Yeah, I mean, number behind two Baker? behind Baker pick in the draft. There is a legitimate reason, right? His pocket mobility, his ability to sense pressure in the pocket at, at USC, uh, his arm talent, how, how accurate he could potentially, how accurate he was with the football, right? And, and like, athletic. I mean, he's an athletic guy. He can he can run around some folks. Yeah. So like, there's a reason why he was number one overall pick. And even though they come in 26, I'm definitely optimistic because again, Joe Burrow has stated several times, you know, without Joe Brady, I'm not a first round pick. Or if I opted out, I'm not a first round pick. Joe Brady, as the passing game coordinator in LSU that season, the championship season, Joe Brady. I mean, Joe Burrow throws for 60 touchdowns and it wins Heisman. Right. Obviously. I mean, Sam Donald won't throw for 60 touchdowns or whatever, right? But hey, with his 17, no, I'm playing, I'm playing. Yeah. Uh, Anyone throws for 60, may, it's Maybe 18. Be... Maybe 18. If it was 18 games, then maybe. Um, you had to throw, what, four touchdowns a game? Three? Something like that? Hey, Mahomes might get it, man. Or Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes might, might get, get it. it. I mean, jeez. Um, but, and I think, again, you, you just had to, like, help out in some way Sam Donald, either getting – you know, or staying at that pick, getting a Pratt Fryermuth, or getting Rashawn Slater at eight. But let's move on to this running back room here. Christian McCaffrey, the best running back in terms of complete back, yeah. Uh, sure. What he does out of, out of the backfield catching the ball and out of the backfield and then down the field sixty yards off a handoff is uh, is is just elite. Um, he the, the Panthers come in ranking third here. Only because we evaluate this as a running back room and not who has the best. But here's the thing: running back, the but. backup running back is Chuba Hubbard, who, who you know I really liked coming out. Uh, he did have a, a a poor season that really affected his draft stock. Yeah, uh, he was going to be one of the higher higher draft picks out of at least a running back. Um, but he he played poorly in a COVID season, so you got to take that with a grain of salt. But I, I think I'm optimistic for his physical skill set and his, the mental side of his game that he can behind Christian McCaffrey, really uh, play well for this Carolina Panthers team when he gets the ball, similar to what a Mike Davis would have brought you um, last year. Yeah, and, you know, Chuba Hubbard has some of that vision. He has more straight line speed. He doesn't really have the ability to create outside the backfield the way Christian McCaffrey would. Um, So that's part of it, actually. And, And again, just the production and being able to do it again, he definitely should have. Uh, declared last season. His he's, his stock would have been a lot. He's higher. a second round, he's early a, second round at, at the maybe latest. Maybe a late late first. Like, yeah, I mean, so some some stupid team would have drafted him. The Chiefs might have picked round. him over Clyde Edwards Lair. We're being honest. I'm so glad you brought that up. That is the situation. And I'm yes, I know KC towards the end of the year had a banged up offensive line. I think it was a great move though, because then you get five years of a cheap running back and you can go back and draft another. And yeah, and again, we always talk about running back in the first round being a premium pick. If you don't have any other glaring needs on your roster, then you could take a running back in the first round. Kansas like, City last just year. Win the Super Bowl, right, you just, you just win the Super Bowl. You expect to bring back your whole offensive line. Obviously, COVID threw a wreck in your plans, yeah. right? But you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. You have a 
legit number one receiver. You have Travis Kelsey. Your defense, your defense needs to be top twenty, and you're winning, and you're going to be a Super Bowl contention yeah. every year, mm-hmm. right? So that is a situation where running back in the first round would have been more than more than okay. Because yeah, now they have Clyde Edwards-Helaire for four more years on a rookie deal, at least four. And then yeah. they can say, hey, listen, go find a team in free agency or, or come a, back cheaper because, yeah. I mean. We've got you for five. You're already older coming out of the draft. We don't want to take any of those risks. We paid Patrick Mahomes $500 million over over this next eight years or whatever, whenever his contract ends. So um, I think it was it was, it was was a great pick for him. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah. So let's move on to this wide receiver room, which is solid for sure yeah this wide receiver room is actually going to rank 22nd and i sound we sound like you were not high on this receiver room, but they're like similar to the jets there's so many dang good receiving rooms in this league right uh let's start off you know you, you have robbie anderson who is your deep legit threat. Yeah. deep threat burner right uh so yeah you have your burner and robbie anderson you have – I don't want to say, like, he's not your legit get open no matter what guy. He's almost – DJ Moore is – They don't really have one of those. DJ Moore is more of a uh, throwing the ball. He's going to run after he's the gonna, catch. He's going to run after the catch. Just give him the ball. He's a playmaker. Not Tyler Lockety, but – I'd say more um, – he's he's a pretty unique player. I'd say a little bit less physical than a D, Debo Samuel, uh, an upgraded Curtis Samuel. Yeah, any, updated, any, other, yeah. any other Samuels it's, that it's, I can it's, 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 it's weird, yeah. right? But he is one of the more underrated receivers in the league for sure. And I think him with Joe Brady and with Sam Darnold, I think they'll be able to, you know, have a good connection there and yeah. and have a and perform well. David Moore kind of got undershadowed, overshadowed uh, in Seattle playing with freaking Tyler Lockett and uh, crap DK DK Metcalf, yeah. But he is another – he's a solid third receiver option to have. He's a in. really, really good third receiver option. Yeah, and then you bring in Terrace Marshall, which, again, that's a solid pick, right? Um, good value in the second round. Uh, play, he can play in the slot, can play outside. But it's just it's just gripes where uh, – gripes with, you know, the trade, small little gripes with the, with the trade or where he was picked, value you got from the trade. Um what that led to your other picks down the road being, and you know, getting Christensen in the third round is good. Like they addressed a, a significant need, especially losing Russell Okun. But could you have, you know, gotten, say, know, Anthony Schwartz or even a Seth Williams who went in the sixth round? Maybe grab Seth Williams in the fifth round, or or something like that. Where yes, he may not be as good as Terrace Marshall, but Marshall's going to be your fourth receiver anyways. And and some of these other guys can can produce coming out, uh, just coming out right away. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I understand why they didn't go Anthony Shorts because they're getting already have your more barn burner guy, burnt whatever, right? Uh, guy and Robbie Anderson, but I don't know. This pick is kind of meant to me. I mean, again, it's a solid pick for value. You do you do trade back or whatever, right? But I mean, just just again like. Amon Rossane Brown went in the fourth, I believe. Amon Rossane Brown went in the fourth. Uh, I, I mean, Terrence Marshall, I just don't see him. Ha, Sean Wade went in the sixth round. Uh, I just don't see – I thought he went in fourth, actually. Uh, but 
I just don't see. I mean, I, I hope he proves me wrong. I just don't see Terrace Marshall being that down to down get open receiver, and that's the thing I think this receiving room is is lacking. I think they're lacking that. I'm a get open no matter what, and you you can't do anything about it. Re- receiver, they're missing that, right? Um, and that that's a premium. Like that's only a few teams have that receiver. Um, the Chargers, the Chargers, the Packers. Uh, um, you're looking at possibly or probably even the Eagles, um, the or likely the Cowboys, maybe the Falcons, Falcons, like, yeah, um, the Broncos with with Judy, Judy. Um, but you know the, that the list is the thin. Bills with Diggs. I think I think you got to put Tyreek Hill on there anyway. <laughs> I mean, he's just he's just too fast. He's just he's like a special addition. He does it because like his speed and the way like they scheme him up. I'm talking about like with like the route running and stuff. He's a pretty damn good route runner. He is, but, <laughs> yeah. But like that's about it. So you're looking at six, seven teams, maybe, maybe the Vikings with Thielen and Jefferson. Maybe I'd say so. Yeah. Especially prime and probably the Bears. Feeling. Bears too. My bad. Forgot Allen Robinson. Okay, so you're Everybody at, forgets Allen Robinson. Everybody yeah. Does. Oh my God. How dare us? But you look. You look at maybe ten teams in the league that have that legit. And I know it's gonna be somebody we probably forgot. And honestly, you could actually say Tennessee too. With Julio or with AJ Brown? Julio. Okay. AJ, no, not no. He's not that Chris Brown. Yeah. He's a guy who who's gonna run a run a solid route. But then out battle you at the catch point and then at, and shake you off his back and run a few more yards. Um, he's he's that type of guy. So, um, anyways, moving on to their offensive line. Uh, you know, yeah, this it's, uh, it's uh, it's, it's something that you know we both think they should have addressed here in the draft with Rashawn Slater. Who I mean, Brady Christensen's a fine player, but Slater's better. Yeah. I think we can agree with that. We're, we're going to rank them 31st for this offensive line group. Yeah. Um, your your guard your guard play, while it's not as important, it's still definitely probably the worst that we've seen so far on this list. Yeah. Pat and the Bengals have been on the list. Yeah. So, yeah, this is this is bad, right? Um, Like, yeah, Pat Eiflon is just not a great left guard. Um, Taylor Morton is definitely the best, you know, player they have on this offensive line as your likely starting right tackle. Um, Matt Parade is, is an underrated center. Paradis. Paradis. Yeah. That's not as bad as my other botches. I've it's had. still bad though. Paradis? Paradis? I mean, it's not as bad as, you know, me struggling and almost dying to say one of the Brewers names when, uh, we were doing that episode Reds problems. Yeah, that yeah. is definitely true. That yeah. is definitely true. Yeah, I thought that was bad. Um, could they outrank this? Yes. I think it depends on, you know, like what Brady Christensen turns into. What Brady Christensen turns into. I think we kind of saw it at Alabama, not Alabama, LSU. Look for some quick hitting passing game out of the shotgun a lot, obviously, but look for some, look for some quick hitting, uh, passing games, right? Where you get a lot of mesh concepts, Right. And you get Darnold because I mean, just behind his offensive line, no, yeah. Darnold's gonna die. Yeah, you're not gonna have much time, so you're better off making Sam Darnold go through his reads, make the proper read in a in a short intermediate game, especially when you have again DJ Moore, David Moore, and Terrace Marshall, who are both, you know, 
guys that can run after the catch. And the one and uh, Christian McCaffrey coming yeah. out of the backfield. So. And then one of the things they really did well at LSU, right, was they would use that to set up the vertical with, passing with games Robbie Anderson. with that they could use to Robbie Anderson, or in that case, they could use with a uh, Jamar Chase, a Jamar Chase, or Justin Jefferson. Heck, maybe even a Terrence yeah, even Marshall, a Terrence Marshall, right? Or, or just like the plethora of options they had on that offense, right? And that LSU offensive line is way overrated. That LSU offensive line is so it's safe not... to say that year got a lot of people at the higher draft picks than they yeah, should have been. And like seriously, that so I'm confident in Joe Brady. Obviously, we've spent a lot of time talking about him. Um, and you know, I think it's a good time to segue into you know the offensive coaching grade where they are going to rank eleventh with Joe Brady. And if I'm being completely honest with you, that's literally only because, I mean, with all due respect, are you going to uh, put Joe Brady above Sean Payton right now? Are you going to put Joe Brady above, I mean, Kevin Stefanski, Frank Wright, John Gruden? And really that's because, like, the the longevity um, and and just how good a play caller he is in general. John Gruden's a really, really good coach. He's yeah, a terrible he, general he manager. Maybe the worst. Yeah, he should have zero say in the roster and its construction. Yeah. And uh, there like, was a, there was a quote from a former front office personnel on the Pine Magazine show. He said, "John Gruden is such a good coach because he convinces himself that all his players are terrible, and that he needs to coach them extra hard uh, so that they can be a competent team." Well, when you think all your players are terrible all the time when you're coaching, you want to get better players. But then you get those better players, and you think they're terrible because it, again. It's the mindset in terms of being a good, successful coach. And and he's kind of in a in the cycle there. But the Raiders got him for a good seven more years on that 10-year contract. Yeah, so. it sucks to be them. And, yeah, I'm, I'm going to continue trolling them until they and, – and, again, if they beat the Chargers one time this season, you guys can slander clip that. me so hard. Clip I'll clip it. I'll, I'll, I'll release it. I'll clip it. Please do. But and you get Joe, Joe Brady against your offensive play caller. He's only 31 years old, which is really scary. Um being, you know, he graduated, uh, and then he was the linebackers coach at William and Mary. He was a grad assistant at Penn State. You know, offensive assistant for the Saints with Sean Payton for Christ's sakes for two years, seventeen and eighteen. And we've seen what Joe Lombardi. Is, I mean, similar boat right there underneath Sean Payton. Yeah, learning the offense. It, Pass game coordinator, obviously, and wide receivers coach at LSU. Hint, wink, wink. Terrace Marshall was a wide receiver on the 29-2019 roster yep. that went to the national championship. And part of the passing game. And part of the passing game. Yeah, duh. And uh, he's been the offensive coordinator here. Um, so, again, I am so excited for this Panthers offense and team. I kind of thought of myself to a little bit. I was, like, like on the, on the car ride. And, like, before we record, I was like, how the Panthers this high? Because they have really good coaches. They, yeah. they coach the heck out of their guys. Great coaching staff. They have upside. Now, it sucks because you're more than likely going to lose to Brady after the season unless they flop. Zach Taylor's the man over in Cincinnati, so I can't think of any other teams. I mean, but if you think about it, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. both from that LSU team, and then you also got to recognize – T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, plus a, a probably a pretty high draft pick as well. I don't want to talk about it because I'm going to get depressed. But and I'm not even a Bengals fan, but the, they Mike, need to hire Joe. Brady. Mike Brown is terrible. Mike yeah. Brown needs to sell the team. So yeah, this offense is actually so again for offensive coaching. 
this team is going to rank 11th with Joe Brady. And for the overall offense, this offense 21. is going to rank up 21st in the league. So I definitely think 77.08 can... grade. 77.08. Hey, I'm that guy, pal. I mean, it's just, it's just no, eyes it's... and rosters. It's just, what do I see on film? Yeah. Can root this to By the way, uh, NFL, you guys suck. Yeah, why you guys got to take away all 22 from Game Pass? It's okay. It's going to make our job a lot harder. Yeah, you guys suck. You guys stank. (laughs) Stank out here. Stooges. You stooges. All right, let's move on to this pass rush here, which is going to come in 17th in the league. Um, It's a bit average, a little bit below, but average. Yeah, so obviously uh, led by, um, excuse me. Definitely led by Brian Burns, and then you have you brought Hassan in Redick. Hassan Reddick, who had a good. You've got some really nice young edge rushers: Burns, Yitor Gross Matos, um, on the other side, both really young guys, and then of course Hassan Reddick, who you just brought in um, off the edge. He's likely he's going to play some outside linebacker. Yeah, he, he's yeah. going to he's going to likely in base packages play some off ball linebacker, which. You know, he, he's athletic enough for it. I, I just don't think he has a skill set for it as of now, but leave it to Matt Rule to really um, bring that out to him. So, uh, Sean's got the trash bag. I found that in the garbage can. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, uh, Derek Brown, high pig out of Auburn. Uh, Auburn, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, two years ago. and Last season. Uh, two drafts ago, two yeah. drafts ago. Uh, Daquan Jones, uh, and then in, in the interior defensive line. And after that, you know, you've got depth pieces. You, you don't really have anybody else who's going to, um, pull, push the lever for, but, uh, Baravian Roar, Roy, uh, Karen Reed, you've, you've got, you, uh, drafted, uh, Davion Nixon and Phil Hoskins as well in the fifth and seventh round respectively. So, um, you've, you've got some depth there in the interior. Um, and then, off the edge, Etor Gross Matos, of course, Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick, uh, Morgan Fox is a, is a pretty def- decent player as well. So um, you've got guys with upside here on the, uh, for the, for the pass rush, and, and you know I think I think I like what what you're going to see. Now the only question is how are they going to get Hassan Reddick involved, and how is he going to not be a liability when they're in base packages and he's not blitzing? Because at the moment it does not look like he'll be playing sort of that that uh rush end in, in a nickel package. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, I think you hit the nose on the head, nail on the nail nose. Nail on the head. Yeah, nail on the nose, head, nose. Going on the defense though. Um the run defense. Yeah, run, run defense. defense. It's run defense actually. Denzel Perryman, your man? From the former charger? Shaq Thompson, of course, uh, solid linebacker. Now he is definitely past his prime, but he's he's still a pretty solid linebacker. This is a really bad run defense. I'm trying to paint a pretty picture right now, but yeah, your linebackers aren't great. What team, what team did we do? We're like we were. You're, I was trying to be nice and paint a decent picture. You just like slandered them. I believe that was the Jets, and and your picture perfect start, my terrible start. No, it was another one. It was worse than that. Like I'm talking about, like where they like talking about position group. And I was trying to be optimistic. You're like, no, they suck. He sucks. Their 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 cousin sucks at football. They 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 don't know how to run 50 yards west, and then they don't know how to catch a football 
They they don't know how to how to do a finesse move. None of that. They had no pass rush moves. They had no anchor on the offensive line. The wide receiver can't separate worth <laughs> worth anything. Um, no, but again, you two gross Matos and Brian Burns at the end positions. Uh, Derek Brian Burns is definitely, 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 yeah. definitely. All of your edge players here are liabilities in the run. Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick, Yitro Grosmontos is probably the best out of those three, but even he's not great at it. Uh, Daquan Jones isn't the best on the interior. Derek Brown isn't the best on the interior. Um, Shaq Thompson, as I said, passed his prime, kind of getting phased out here. Um, Denzel Perriman is is going to do Denzel Perriman things. He's going to fly in there and bang some heads, bang some skulls, but um, – I mean that's that's about it. You're not looking at a, at a solid run defense uh, here at all if you're Carolina. Um, they come in here in terms of run defense number 31, so um, not too high on them at all. But moving on to the linebackers here um, for this for this defense, the Panthers come in at number 24. So um, you've got Denzel Perryman as as I mentioned. Um, Shaq Thompson, of course, and, and Hassan Reddick. Um, you've also, you're also bringing in Jermaine Carter. Uh, of course, you've got um, just other other depth pieces, Frankie Louvu, Christian Miller, uh, Julian Stanford, Marquise Hayes. Um, you've got guys that, let's just face it, they're not going to, they're not moving the needle for you either. And um <sighs> Linebacker isn't a big strength for this team. Run defense isn't a big strength for this team. They're going to have to win on their on their pass defense and how they play against the passing game. And that all starts with the secondary, which, I mean, is a very good secondary, if we're being honest. You had rookie of the year candidate last year, Jeremy Chin. At safety, Dante Jackson, who just got an extension this offseason. Of course, you draft J.C. Horn, eight overall. You signed A.J. Boye. And then, um, you know, behind, behind those starting three, you've got Troy Pride, um, who – is a solid depth piece in his own right. Rashawn Melvin, solid depth piece as well. Uh, Stanley Thomas Oliver, Miles Hartsfield. You've got guys that can come in in, in a pinch. And then um, safety-wise, I mentioned Jeremy Chin, uh, Justin Burris, Sam Franklin. You've got um, Delano Hill, Sean Chandler. Hey, Sean. How's it going? Pretty terrible. He's like the fifth string safety, but – <laughs> You, you've got guys, again, that can plug in yeah. in an injury. Um, now, let me paint a pretty picture. Go ahead. I go was ahead. pretty pessimistic and skeptical, to say yeah. the least, about okay. the J.C. Horn pick. Yes. But. Okay. That man's a stooge. I know he's not. But, uh, anyway, J.C. Horn, one of the best, if not the best, just pure – press corner his ball skills were i think i compared it in the broncos episodes like he's kind of like xavian howard in the sense i don't even think i gave him a pro comp um but he's kind of like xavian howard in the sense that his ball skills are just out out of the world out of this world right and you know we will we'll show up our uh our draft grade on on jc horn here if it'll, if it'll let us or whatever uh, but yeah, you guys see now, but you know, just a physical press corner, right? But you know, when you do press in the NFL and you, excuse me, and you do run more heavy man-to-man coverage, right? You are susceptible or pre-exposed rather 
to um susceptible susceptible what, what did i say pre-accessible or something yeah, i don't know i, I know shut up <laughs> but, but you're susceptible 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 that's what i said uh, susceptible the why they let you graduate i don't know um <laughs> Shut up. You're but, more susceptible to giving up big plays. Yes, and you're more you're more uh, pre-exposed. Let's go with that. You're. I don't think that's a word, and if it is, it's definitely not the right word. But you're more you guys susceptible. Get the you're gonna give up more, more big plays. Yes, yeah, so you're gonna get the more beat. aggressive you play. You're gonna get beat a little bit more, right? And, and the the only counter to that is really experience and practice in the NFL against NFL guys. And what we're basically saying is, look for him to be getting beat a little bit, in the, especially the first few weeks of the season, but. He's going to get it together, and I don't think it's going to be as bad as Jeff Okuda last year because he won't be on an island against he won't Devontae be on, Adams. Right, he, he won't be on an island guarding Devontae Adams twice a year. And again, you do have Dante Jackson. Yeah, not even help. the number one corner. You so. do have uh, some safety help, which the Lions literally just threw Jeff Okuda on the island to die, yeah. right? But, but again, back to my comparison or whatever, right? While J.C. Horn is more like the Xavier Howard, right? The reason why he's not the best is because, you know, when you, you do have – like uh, that Jair Alexander, Jalen Ramsey, who's more, I said, and more specifically like a Jalen Ramsey or Patrick Sertan, every corner is going to get beat. That's just the nature of the game, yeah. right? But they are more often than not going to shut down their position. We mentioned in the Bears episode. Um, By the way, Sertan ranked 10th on our big board. <laughs> J.C. Horn 12. ranked 12. So, yeah, while there is a small gap, right? I think that really, that pick really just based off a of scheme and like what's your – Perhaps, like, for example, J.C. Horn would have been a much better fit in Miami than a Patrick Sertan would, right? But Patrick Sertan would have been a mu- is a way better fit, in my opinion, in Denver than um, J.C. Horn would have been. And that's, again, nothing uh, against these two corners. They are both freaks in their own right, right? But J.C. Horn, again, like, he pressed – Kyle Pitts and gave Kyle Pitts the toughest game of his season. Kyle Pitts was the longest wingspan in this draft class, right? He's, again, just J.C. Horn, physical press corner, uh, who's going to probably get a lot of interceptions. And, and if you look at it, I mean, Xavier Howard, we, we gave him a 93 for speed, 94 for agility, 93 for – he's just the more athletic and, and high upside corner in terms of his athleticism than a guy like Patrick Sertan. Um, and 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 – I think that's the reason why you look at Dante Jackson, extremely athletic, super fast. He can, he can make plays on the ball. Uh, he's got good size to him. They're both six foot two, or I guess horns more six foot one, but big corner, fast corner, supremely athletic. And that's what you love here. Um, and that's why you drafted JC Horn over a Patrick Sertan, who's more established at, at Alabama facing those, those top, top receivers. Yeah. Again, I still probably would have with Rashawn Slater, or even a Devonta Smith to get you that legit get open no matter what guy. But, man, J.C. Horn can play some football. He's going to struggle at times this season just because of the nature of the cornerback position and, like, his style of football. But he's going to be a dang good corner. And he doesn't have all the pressure on him either. So Yeah. So, um, I don't think we covered strengths and weaknesses. We did not cover strengths and weaknesses. We kind of did in the beginning, but we didn't We didn't officially go Okay, so that. let's just go through them really quickly. Strength, number one, I can do strength. We can just both give our own strengths and weaknesses. So yeah. two for each so we don't run out. Uh, strength, number one for me, is the offensive coaching. Joe Brady, yeah. I think that's probably the I think you just say coaching staff in general. Coaching staff in general, yes, because Matt Rule is a dang good head coach. Uh, for the defensive coaching and coach or whatever, 
they do rank um, 18th, yep. right? But, I mean, similar to, like, there's just a lot of really good defensive coaches in this yeah. league, right? Mm-hmm. Matt Rule, well, honestly, I'm more considered more of a culture guy anyway, right? But he is a dang good head coach, right? And then, obviously, you count in um, Joe Brady on the offensive side is, is just coaching staff in general. The one thing that I am a little questionable about is, you know, when Joe Brady, like, for example, Mike Zimmer, the Vikings head coach, mm-hmm. and I, well, Mike Grable now anyway, we'll see with Todd Downing or whatever, right? But they've consistently, okay, so for Mike Zimmer's case, right, Kevin Stefanski, I forget who was the offensive coordinator before him, but Stefanski leaves, okay, we rehire a guy, Gary Kubiak, okay, we're going to rehire a guy. Okay. We have Clinton Kubiak now. All right. And you're going to rehire a guy, right? For Mike Rabel. Okay. Arthur Smith. All right, Ben. LaFleur, then Smith. No, right. LaFleur. Okay. LaFleur gets the job. All right. We're going to hire Arthur Smith. Okay. He has the job. All right. Let's hire this guy. Right. How, like, can you consistently, when guys start to leave, especially like your offensive play callers, when they start to leave? Guys that are so key for your quarterback, your receivers, your playmakers, um, everything like that. When. When your offensive play callers leave, can you consistently, you know, uh, replace them and not lose so much um, and not lose so much value from that guy? Look again, right? Uh, Green Bay, not Green Bay, Tennessee, Tennessee, right? Matt LaFleur, okay, you lose him, right? I would argue just based off their time in Tennessee, Arthur Smith was a better offensive play caller in Tennessee. Yeah, he definitely had more hype than Matt Floyd did. Yeah, but you replaced and, and had better results. If we're being yeah, completely honest. You 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 lose you lose Matt Lafleur, right? And you replace in your own yeah. team. You promote you promote, you promote from your from your from, from the from yeah. the interior. Yeah, that's also important. So when you look at this Carolina Panthers team and, and this coaching staff or whatever, right? You know, you, you're wondering, like, okay, because, I mean, Matt Rule's a smart guy, yeah. right? He knows how football works, I would assume. I mean, there's only so many uh, there's only so many irrelevant coaches in the league who don't know anything. There is one, and it is Mike McCarthy. We, we don't speak his name. Sorry. It is irrelevant, hence the name. It, yeah, his name doesn't get spoken. All right, so but. Just, just be quiet. So, I mean, whether you – whether you you know when Joe Lab- when Joe Brady does eventually leave you know do you go maybe uh, a Brian Angelico 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 maybe maybe you know promote Tight him within you know freshman Jackson the offensive passing game coordinator right receiver I think coach. he'd be the more likely guy uh, Joe Brady was a, a passing game coordinator receivers coach I think that'd be the more likely guy but, right um, but I mean like I mean you know Brian the tight ends coach Angelico, right Angelico. he's been a coach. For decades now, he's been in the NFL since 2012, right? Maybe you promote him. He's been a tight ends coach for a little while now, right? Or, you know, you go freshman Jackson, who I definitely think is probably the more likely guy. You know, just being that wide, that consistent. And, he, and he's come from Baylor with – RG3? No, not RG3. RG3 graduated way before then. With Matt Rule, yeah, who yeah, was yeah, the yeah. Baylor head coach, yeah. right? Being he was a wide receivers coach last year, passing game coordinator, wide receivers coach this year – Right. So like you have to see like, okay, let's promote from within. Right. Because again, that rule is a smart head coach. So I definitely think he knows 
it's going to be about time to promote. And I mean, Joe Brady's going to take another job eventually. Uh, that's only that's one. Sorry about that. And then your second that was like seven, right? That was seven. I took seven minutes to explain one. And then your second biggest strength, I'm actually going to say your playmakers offensively. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, uh, David Moore. Terrace Marshall, as much as I digress, I don't think how that big of an impact this year, actually. Yeah, um, I would agree. So that and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I said Christian. Yeah, how can yeah. you forget Christian McCaffrey? I think I said him though. But and then really quickly, I'll go through my weaknesses so you can go. Um, number one, this offensive line is a major, major question mark. Yep. I don't even feel like I have to go into that so much. Nope, you don't. And then, um, although I think Sam Darnold will play well this year. Just the unknown. Just of, the unknown. I got you. Yep. And again, you're playing by a garbage offensive line. Yeah. Um, I'd say I'd say they're one of their biggest strengths is the is is their secondary and, and the starters. Not necessarily the depth. I think the depth is actually one of the bigger weaknesses. But you've got Jeremy Chen, who's an explosive playmaker. You drafted J.C. Horn. You already have uh, Dante Jackson, A.J. Boye uh, as your slot nipple guy. And then I think um, a big weakness for this team is, of course, their run defense. It's just flat-out terrible. I mean, there's no other way to put it. There's a reason why they rank 31st here in our, in our rankings, and, and it's just they don't have anybody who really moves the needle. They've got bodies, yes, but they don't have good, technically sound bodies that are going to disrupt and make plays when the ball is, is coming their way or not coming their way. And, and you can't rely on – Brian Burns to just blow by a guy and and get a two yard tackle for loss when he's constantly getting mauled in the run game or Hassan Reddick, Shaq Thompson, um, the list goes on and on. So I think that's that's one of their biggest weaknesses. But onto the schedule, um, it's a it's a pretty tough schedule right now. They're over unders at seven and a half wins, um, and and I mean they host the Jets, they host New Orleans, but then they're at Houston at Dallas. They host Philly, host Minnesota, at the New York Giants, at the Falcons, host New England, at the Cardinals, host Washington, at Miami. Then they get a bye, a late-season bye. Host Atlanta, road against Buffalo, host Tampa Bay, road against New Orleans, road against Tampa Bay. That's a tough end of the season after the bye week. Uh, Buffalo, Tampa, New Orleans, Tampa again. Um, So right now they're over-unders at seven and a half wins. I think they beat the Jets. I think they beat New Orleans at home here in week two, and I think they beat Houston uh, in week three. So they start three and zero automatically. I, I think, I think the 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 Jets game and, and the New Orleans game are going to be close, but I think they're going to earn a three and zero here to start off at Dallas. That's a that's a question mark at, for me because you're going up against presumably a healthy Dak Prescott, three really really good receivers. Um, Zeke, we'll see about a resurgence for him. I'd say it's more on the unlikely side, but uh, Tony Pollard played well last year for him as well. They have a still a solid offensive line. You're, it, you're, it's going to depend on what the offense does, specifically what Sam Darnold does uh, for this team. I think it's a very winnable game, so they could very well start off 4-0. Um, at home against Philly, I think 5-0 to start off. Then they're going to lose to Minnesota at home, probably going to lose to the Giants on the road. Lose to Atlanta on the road. I think they'll split that series um, and, and win win the home game, lose the road game. Lose to New England, so you're on a four game losing streak after starting off five and zero. Uh, lose to Arizona, five and five, just like that. Lose to the football team. Um, I think the football team's defense is just too overpowering. Five and six at Miami. I think that's a winnable game for them. It depends on how well Tua plays. Um, 
But I think they could easily be five and seven, win their first five, lose their next seven, going into the bye week. Then they beat Atlanta six and seven, and then lose the final four at Buffalo, at home against Tampa, at New Orleans, and on the road against Tampa. I think they go six and eleven. Yeah, uh, I don't think it'll be that drastic where they'll start five and zero and go one in one in eleven to end the season. I mean, that's a tough schedule, bro. That's, it it that's, is that's a tough a... schedule, but one in eleven to end the season. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of happy Carolina Panthers fans, and then we're going to see a lot of those. Uh, YouTube channels that uh, do reactions to the season are going to be on Panthers fans. I'm, I'm thinking of um, Tom Grassi, Scooter, Scooter McGrouder, McGrouder, McGrouder. Yeah. Dude, uh, those, those type of channels. Yeah. So uh, week one, the Jets, I think to be consistent, I think I picked the Jets to win that because of line play. So I win one. At home against New Orleans. I, I think they'd be New Orleans. At home. I think they split with them. Okay, yeah, so one and one. Um, Especially with Mike Thomas likely missing week two. Shoot, Mike Thomas is a prima donna right now for sure. Um, People keep saying Aaron Rodgers is a prima donna and just looking for all the attention, man. What, what about what about Mike T over there? All right, uh, Houston week three, that's that's probably the the, most, the biggest guarantee win on their schedule. Or at home against Atlanta, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, so – I think they'll beat Houston two and one. Dallas, Dallas on the road. I think they match up well in the secondary, and they match up. I'm gonna go Carolina. I'm gonna go Carolina three and one. I'm gonna go. I think they beat Philly four and one. I think they lose to. The, I think blah, blah, blah. I think they lose to the Vikings four and two. I think they. I think they. I think they beat the Giants. Five and two, I think. I honestly think they might beat the Falcons. I think they might sweep the Falcons. I don't know, man. I mean, you, the Falcons still have a really nice offensive group. Headlined by Arthur Smith, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, Arthur Smith is going to take snaps from uh, from wide receiver. No, it's probably the left guard or something. Yeah. Uh, anyway, six and two, maybe? Lose New England, six and three. Lose Arizona, six and four. Washington, six and five. At Miami, I'm gonna go seven and five by week. Atlanta eight and five, and then you lose your fourth, your last four to end the year. I think so no, eight and nine, huh? I think no matter what, you're probably gonna lose your last four games of the season. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think they go six and eleven though. Biggest, like your abs. I think your floor is probably about four or five wins. Your ceiling is probably about ten wins. Yeah, your ceiling is about ten. I think eight and nine. That is the least confident eight and nine. Given so, I'm going the over under seven and a half games. There's no I would way. either There's no not, way. not. I would either not bet or I would go under. Those are the only. Two I don't. Options. I don't think there's any reason why you should bet that. Um, it, it's it, they're going to be in a lot of these games, but I don't think they have the the upside, the talent to squeeze it out in the fourth quarter of a of a 21-18 game where they got to come back behind a field goal. I, I don't think they got that firepower. So. Um, thank you all so much for watching the Carolina Panthers film breakdown. They're not film breakdown, but uh, in-depth power ranking. They are the number 22 team, and we will see you next time with number 21. And uh, have a great rest of your day.